0: Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. Hey, it's me, your host, Nick, and holy shit, this week's episode marks the 1 year anniversary of when I started this damn podcast can you believe it i've made it folks been how long shit yeah we're we're at a year i i i personally can't believe it we we've we've gone on a very long journey and it's it's great to be here and and obviously we'll we'll talk about some of that stuff a, a little later in the in the episode here but let let's kind of just get into it, so we we can spend some time reminiscing on down the road, and and we can talk about Game of Thrones and things at the end. But but let's uh, let's get right into it, shall we? Not not a whole lot of news in the video game world this week. Not surprising. It's a bit of a dead week. We're just about a month away from from uh, uh, E3, which is the biggest event in gaming of the year. So always. With a new month comes a new Games with Gold and new PSN Plus games. Uh, Games with Gold on Xbox from May 1st through 31st. You can get Marooners on Xbox One. And Golf Club featuring the PGA Tour is available from May 16th to June 15th. You can get the 360 game via backwards compatibility on 360 or on Xbox One Earth Defense Force uh, from May 1st through 15th. As well as the backwards compatible Comic Jumper or if you still play 360 from March May 16th through May 31st. Uh, over on PlayStation for PSN+, Plus, you can get the original Overcooked all month long, as well as What Remains of Edith Finch. So there's that. Speaking of, of E3, just a, a few moments ago, Gamescom, which is the next biggest gaming event that is in Europe in late August, usually, uh, Bethesda announced that... Excuse me, Blizzard, not Bethesda. Blizzard announced they will not be attending Gamescom. Which is kind of big, because while Blizzard is an American company, they, they do their own thing, which is BlizzCon. And that will take place in November. A lot of people expect them to announce Diablo 4 after last year's fiasco with the Diablo mobile game and, and, and things like this. However, they probably just don't want to steal any thunder away from BlizzCon and... And that's why they're just going to be skipping. Uh, they're just going to be skipping Gamescom. No, no, no skin off their backs really. No skin off anyone else's for that matter. Blizzard is uh, doesn't necessarily release games on a regular release schedule like like some of the other major publishers and, and developers. So makes sense. Will they be missed? Probably. Is it that big of a deal in the long run? No. That, that, that's it really. Uh, this is a bit of a local news technically, uh, for me at least. Uh, Psyonix is a San Diego-based studio. They pretty much became famous for creating Rocket League and, and everything associated with Rocket League. They have been purchased by Epic Games. Epic plans to add Rocket League to the Epic Games store as well as help support the game. This is really cool. Psyonix is they are an indie developer based out of San Diego, as I said, and they probably have more name recognition than most indie developers do because most indie developers don't get a, a game that like takes over the world almost like what Rocket League did a few years ago. But this is good for them. It means they'll have more money to support the game in the long run. Maybe uh, be able to start some more projects and hire more people. Uh, get something, something to follow up Rocket League with. Uh, granted... It will take Rocket League off Steam and other things like this and put it on the Epic Game Store. But all in all, it's a win-win for everyone. And I I can't wait to see what happens moving forward. Who knows? Maybe some Rocket League skins in Fortnite or Fortnite skins in Rocket League. Or some different uh, maps inspired by each other. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens. This is, uh, this is something very unexpected, but a new Earthworm gym game is in development. Yes, it's uh, back to the '90s we ha- we have here. Uh, it's going to be mostly from the original team, which is pretty cool, except that it will be exclusive to the Intellivision Amico console that is coming out next year. The CEO of Intellivision is actually like the former sound designer for the old Earthworm Jim games, um, and Intellivision Amico is expected to come out next year, but. No word yet on pricing or, or anything like that. They're going to have some games developed for it. And it, it it's supposed to be like a callback to old consoles from the 80s. It's not supposed to be like a major competitor to, obviously, next year, the next Xbox, and the next PlayStation, which are expected to drop next fall as well. So uh, it's interesting to kind of announce a console in a game when it's going to be going up against the two heavy hitters. Uh, for the last couple generations. Obviously Nintendo's a heavy hitter. But they don't follow the standard release cycle like everyone else does. So that's a thing. If you want to play another Earthworm Earthworm Jim game. Activision announced that they will announce the title and plotline of the next Call of Duty game. Before the end of June. So there, there's a uh, plenty of places they could do that. They could do that at the NBA Finals like they did last year. They could do it at E3. Hell, they could do it during the NHL playoffs. Highly unlikely, but I, I, I don't know why they said before the end of June. There's so many different things going on between now and then that it's just... Obviously, it's just to create buzz, and it's not something that they they really need to worry too much about. It's Call of Duty. It's always in the top 10 selling games for a couple months every year. They just want to draw hype. That, that's all they're doing. It's just a hype machine that they're, that they're starting to turn. It is Infinity Ward's year. There is a rumor, especially like I said last week after that event with the, before the NFL draft, that it's going to be Modern Warfare 4. There's a whole slew of, of things that can go with that. But uh, we'll know in a month and a half, essentially, what, what this year's Call of Duty will be. No no surprise there, though, really. Uh, Ubisoft is teasing some si- sort of announcement related to Ghost Recon For this upcoming Thursday the 9th at 11.30am Pacific. They they called it like GhostCon or something. They were pretending to be this company that's like in-universe in the Ghost Recon games. And they're calling it GhostCon. And obviously it's just they're going to announce the next step in the Ghost Recon game series. I got Wildlands. I had a lot of fun with it. It was open world the first time the series had really done that. It was squad based almost... Uh, focused on, on, it recommended at least, not focused, but that you get, like, people to play with you. And it took place in, like, I want to say Bolivia, south a South American country taken over by a Mexican drug cartel. Huge map, it was awesome. A lot of stuff to do, a lot of customization options, a lot of different missions. Uh, when the game launched, it was kind of clunky, especially with, like, flight and driving. It was not, not easy to do, but it, it had a similar approach to games as it reminded me a lot actually of the mercenaries games where you know if you they'll like hunt down certain people on uh, to unlock certain sections of the map and you you kind of it's a tiered system of, of enemies to get to the top uh, almost kind of like how assassin's creed did with odyssey lately uh, very similar i mean obviously they're both ubisoft so it makes sense but the really cool thing that they added in, like, Year 2 is... They added, like, a little side mission where you could hunt the actual Predator with the Predator music. And it was hard as shit. It was really fun, though. Uh, and then they also added in Year 2, which caused everyone in an uproar... We actually talked about it on the show, to think that Splinter Cell was coming back. But they added some Splinter Cell stuff to Ghost Recon Wildlands. Where you could play as Sam Fisher. and Or do a mission with him and things like that. So that that's everything they did in that. I, I'll, I'll be shocked to see if they don't do open world again because that's kind of like the story they were hinting at that the next big thing would be happening, but I would hope it's open world again. I hope they stick mostly to the same structure that they were doing because that would, uh, that fit, that really fit. It was the first Ghost Recon I really played and I really enjoyed it because back in the day when it came to Tom Clancy games, because Ghost Recon is Tom Clancy, I was mostly, I had only really played the Las Vegas games, and those are really fun. Single player experiences, linear stories, not open world, anything like that. I was really upset when Siege was not a single player or anything, because that game had been in development for a long time. It had changed ideas quite a number of times as well before final release. But I, I guess I'm going to go to Ghost Recon now for that kind of thing, and maybe I will finally get into Splinter Cell if and when the next one does come out, more than likely it is. I know a lot of people love Splinter Cell. I just never personally got into it. Never had the time, really. But we'll we'll see what the future holds. Always in, in motion, the future is. Funny as I quote Yoda the day after Star Wars Day. <laughs> and speaking of Star Wars Day being yesterday, Razor has announced three different Star Wars peripherals. They are... They are called the Star Wars Stormtrooper Edition, and it includes the Razer Black Widow Light Stormtrooper Edition, so it's a smaller version of their Black Widow keyboard. Uh, It's got its uh, black keys on a white base. Uh, The escape button is actually like the Imperial Cog. The cable is a braided white and black cable. Uh, Also, the Razer Atheris Stormtrooper, which is their... It's like their mini Mouse, and it's got a stormtrooper face on it, and then the Razor Goliathus Extended, which is their like giant mouse pad, which could fit the keyboard and mouse both, and that's, uh, it's got like, it says stormtrooper on it obviously, and it's got like five stormtroopers all in this this somewhat almost reminiscent of like a Charlie's Angels pose. Uh, it's got really retro vibe to it essentially. All of those are available to, to order on the Razer Zone site if you're into that. I don't need a new keyboard, mouse, or anything like that, so it's cool. But my issue with the the, the mouse pad especially is it being white, that shit's going to get real dirty real quick being on a desk and you using it all the time. That is not going to last long and not going to stay clean for a very long time. They look really cool, just personally not for me. And then, final bit of gaming news here. Uh, The Master Chief Collection, which has been going through a bit of a renaissance lately, especially after 343 announced that it will be coming to PC and also getting Reach, despite Reach not being a Master Chief-centered title at all. But, uh, they announced that it will have cross-progression with Xbox. So, if you get it on PC you will be able to play it on both which is which is pretty awesome considering it is a Microsoft game they, they try to do that with all their play anywhere titles even though technically Master Chief Collection won't be a play anywhere title but that way if, if you're done playing on the TV and you maybe go into to your room with a at a computer you can pick up where you left off essentially which is which is pretty awesome that that's really nice of them to do still no word yet on official P- PC release or official reach release, but they have started the PC flighting program, so there are people testing it. So that that's that's good. So it is in people's hands, just not the general public's yet, and uh, they're expecting that to happen. I, I think sometime before the end of the summer. In that same developer update, 343 also stated that they were looking at adding cross-play. To The Master Chief Collection, while it's not a priority, it is on their list, so who knows if, surprisingly, that's all we really have for gaming news this week. Uh, Like I said, it was a bit of a dead week. Things will start to ramp up as we get closer and closer to E3, obviously with everything hitting a head at E3 uh, just about a month from now. So, on to television. What's going on on the boob tube this week, folks? Warm Bodies, which was an interesting take on the zombie genre a few years ago, is getting a TV show adaptation. Uh, Warm Bodies st- starred Nicholas Holt. Uh, Teresa—I don't remember her last name—but she's been in in some other movies. But uh, it's about this girl who, I guess, ends up like befriending a zombie, and the zombie is still has still like cognitive abilities in his brain, and as he ends up interacting more and more with this real person, his full life starts to come back, and he falls in love, and he actually gets like cured of his zombiness, I I guess. It's an interesting take. Rob Corddry's in the movie too, now that I think about it. And uh, it's an interesting dynamic on the zombie genre, showing that maybe these people can be cured, and they're just like cold, and need to be brought back to life. I don't know, it was really funny. I liked it. I know it wasn't a great movie, but I wonder how, uh, how that will work in TV show form. I'm excited to at least give it a shot. Uh, Westworld announced, or HBO I should say, announced that Vincent Castle will be joining Westworld as a new villain in season 3. Vincent Castle, uh, more people probably know him as the Fox in the Oceans movies. He was the main antagonist in Oceans 12 and then a, a minor antagonist in Oceans 13. Uh, you might also know him from a French movie called La Hain, La Hain, La Hate, or something. It was a- along those lines. I can't remember the the exact title offhand, but it- it's a great French-speaking movie. Yeah, if you like foreign films, it's a good one to watch. Uh, came out in the early 2000s, late 90s. For fans of the Twilight Zone, CBS announced that it has been renewed for a second season before the first season even concluded. So uh, good on Jordan Peele for producing yet another masterpiece. Very, very excited for him. And then uh, it was announced this week that Phil Lord and Chris Miller have signed a five-year deal to oversee Sony's Marvel TV universe. Uh, This is per The Hollywood Reporter, uh, to oversee Sony's Marvel TV universe in regards to, like, Spider-Man and things like this. Phil Lord and Chris Miller, of course, directed Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. They directed the Lego movie, They helped write and produce the Lego Movie 2, they did uh, Last Man on Earth on Fox, a lot of different shows. So they they know about comedy, they know about superheroes, they were attached to the Flash movie at one point, they were pretty much the directors of the Solo movie for 80% of its production cycle. They, 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 they've been around the block, so I, I think this is a, a good pick. Because Spider-Man needs to have a little bit more comedy in it than, than some of the other superheroes. I, I think they'll be a good choice for this. So, speaking of comedy, never to be gone for too long. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost announced that they will be developing the book series Rivers of London for TV. Uh, no word yet on if it's going to be an international... Uh, more than likely it's going to be internationally broadcast. Uh, no word yet on if it's going to be like a BBC production or uh, like British mainly production or or somewhere here in the U.S. as well. But uh, look for that in the next year or so. Uh, it's about like a supernatural detective or uh, where gods or uh, something about a detective work and gods living amongst amongst humans. I, I don't know the full details. They didn't say too much. I've never read the books. I'll... I'll Give it a shot to watch one, once it comes out. Love Simon Pegg. Love Nick Frost. Uh, especially the work they did in the Cornetto trilogy with with Edgar Wright. But he's not involved in this. So it's going to be more like when Simon Pegg and Nick Frost just did that uh, show Spaced back in the day. Hulu announced, and obviously with their now bigger uh, uh, partnership with Disney, you might say, they announced a new Ghostwriter show. Uh, It will have Gabriel Luna back as the Robbie Reyes version of Ghost Rider. But what's really weird is that it will not be connected to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in any way. Despite the fact that that's where Gabriel Luna first started the role. I don't know, it's kind of weird that they would do that but not have them connected. I mean, I get it, but at the same time, it doesn't make sense at all, really. I don't know. Really don't know. I'm excited. Anyway, he was a cool version of Ghostwriter. It was a different take than the Johnny Blaze version, but we'll see what Hulu does with that show, if and when it it actually starts. Um, and then just to round out TV, yeah, not a lot going on in TV land anyway either. Um, we'll talk about Game of Thrones here a bit, and then obviously we'll do a full recap of the show uh, of the episode, I should say, a, a little bit, a little bit later, and uh, the episode. A lot of complaints coming out from people. I, I thought this too when I was watching, but it was very dark. Like, darker than most Game of Thrones episodes. And it, it just, it didn't look right on most TVs. Um, from, from stuff I saw online, it, it had a lot of tweets going out about it. I even said something to my friend when we were watching. Like, something's going on that this is, like, it, it's it's way, definitely way too dark. Luckily, it didn't detract too much from the episode, you could still see mostly what was going on, but, I mean, it, it was, it was dark. But despite the fact that it was really dark, it was still the most watched episode of Game of Thrones ever, at 17.8 million viewers total, it was the most tweeted about scripted TV episode ever, so not just Game of Thrones, but like, all of TV and history, at 7.8 million tweets, and... It was probably one of the uh, best action sequences I've seen on film. I know it was considered one of the longest single action sequences uh, filmed, next to like Helms Deep, and it's supposed to be longer than that from the Two Towers and like any other battle sequence. So that that's just it was just insane. And granted, we still have like three more episodes to talk about, including one tonight. So I, I don't know what's going on. This show is moving again at like a a cheetah's pace at this point um but again stick stick around uh till the end of this week's Knicks nerd news to get a my recap of the episode but that that's it for for tv let's move on let's move on over to that silver screen the things they do in hollywood and that's the movies folks i don't know what the hell i was doing right there John Cena has joined the cast of Fast and Furious 9, which will be directed by Justin Lin, uh, and will also be penultimate Fast and the Furious movie. John Cena seems to be taking The Rock's place, as The Rock will not be back for the next installment. Uh, That is expected to release a year from now, which, I don't know how that's possible, since they should be filming right now, if they want to come out a year from now, especially a movie that... Requires special effects like it does. But I I don't know. And then uh, there was also reports sticking with the, the Fast franchise here. That Keanu Reeves has quietly joined the Hobbs and Shaw movie. Which is supposed to come out this year. So either he did his stuff already in the past and news is only leaking now. Or this was done in, in, in reshoots. And uh, there were rumors that he would be playing a villain. But we'll know in August when the movie comes out. I mean we haven't had any new trailers released since since like the super bowl. So, I don't know what's going on with that movie. Uh we got some official news on Fantastic Beasts 3 and it was delayed recently, so but now it won't be coming out until November of 2021. So we have a about a two and a half year wait before the next Fantastic Beasts movie comes out. That's 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 nuts. I hope Ezra Miller gets the flash done in that time cuz I'm I'm really tired of waiting for that fucking movie at this point. F. Gary Gray, uh, the director, what did he do? Fast eight and some other movies. He's uh currently working on a Saints Row movie. Can those movies can those games be turned into a movie? I mean, they started as like a a clone of, of Grand Theft Auto and then just devolved into pure madness. But I don't know. I wonder where they would go. Would they like start with what they do in the later games? Would they start with the earlier games? I it'd be interesting to see. There's a rumor going around that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is expected to start shooting next year for a 21 release. So that means it seems like James Gunn would film his Suicide Squad movie and then go right on to do Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Which I hope has Thor in it after uh, what happened with Endgame. Uh, Minor spoilers there. I mean, it's been a couple weeks. The spoiler ban is is lifted, especially after the Russo brothers said it's been... uh, You can talk about spoilers openly now. Uh, Speaking of James Gunn and the Suicide Squad, David Dust Malkian, I I think that's how you say his name, uh, has joined the Suicide Squad movie as Polka Dot Man, who is a very obscure Silver Age Batman villain who had uh, the ability to take Polka Dots and pull different weapons and use them as weapons. He's a crazy villain from the old Batman comics. Um, You might know him... Uh, he, he's been in the Ant-Man movie, so he's from the MCU. Uh, he was in the Dark Knight as a one of the cops that helped the Joker. He's He was in Gotham as uh, one of like the worshippers of, of Jerome. Hell, he was even in the Flash as uh, Abracadabra. So he, he's been around the comic, comic book movie world for quite a while. And now he's going to be joining the DC Extended Universe to go along with his Marvel Cinematic Universe roles. And uh, also on top of that... A newcomer, Daniela Mel- Melchior, has joined as a female version of Ratcatcher, and will somehow be connected to Idris Elba's character, uh, who is yet to have been announced officially. I don't even think they've officially announced that he's in the movie. But anyway, that's what we're expecting. I'm sure we'll get more and more news as time goes on, because that movie's supposed to start filming either later this year or early next year. Chloe Grace Moritz is in talks to join the live-action Tom and Jerry movie. I guess it's about Tom and Jerry living in a hotel. I, I don't know. Hopefully it's hopefully it's good, and hopefully it's, it's like a nice blend, like what they did with the Scooby-Doo movies. Quentin Tarantino was giving an interview as he ramps up for his new movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Says that his Star Trek script is written. Uh, looks like it might be closer to being made than, than previously thought. Uh, but he said to expect to hear more once he's done doing things related to once Upon, a, once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So it might be a couple months before anything happens on that front. I got some news regarding Indiana Jones 5. Jonathan Kazdan is no longer writing indie 5. Uh, it, it is now apparently being written by Dan Fogelman, who is the creator of This Is Us. I, I don't know... I don't watch This Is Us, but hopefully there's some lightheartedness, because I j- I just know that's a drama show and people like cry all the time when they watch it. So I I hope he knows what he's doing for indie. I mean, he's got a successful TV show, so one would hope that he can write an Indiana Jones movie. And sticking with adventure type movies, Laura Dern said uh, she would she wouldn't be able to say no. Uh, pretty much indicating she'd be more than happy to return to the Jurassic Park Jurassic World franchise if asked. I'd I'd be excited to see her back as Dr. Ellie Sattler. Hell, I'd even welcome Sam Neill back as Dr. Alan Grant. And the only reason I say that is because I finally started to decide to read the Jurassic Park novel, which came out before the movie, really enjoying it actually. But I would like to see them come back, and I'd also like to see Dr. Ian Malcolm given more screen time, played by the... Ever wonderful Jeff Goldblum. He was not given enough time in Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. They criminally underutilized him and criminally overhyped his his role in the film. But uh, they don't really. There hasn't been any movement really on on the third film in in the in that trilogy. I know Universal probably wants to get on that since it did make them a lot of money, and especially with the Jurassic World: The Ride coming this summer to the Universal Studios theme parks. Uh, moving on. Avengers Endgame has officially become the si- second highest grossing film of all time. Uh, it reached $2.2 billion at the box office this weekend. It has passed Titanic. It has passed the other Avengers movies. And will more than likely pass Avatar before its run in theaters is out. Which would give Disney like a, uh, quite a few movies in the top 10 of all time highest grossing films. Especially now that they own... Avatar, and those movies are going to be, the the sequels to the original, to the the first Avatar movie are not far away at all, but that is something to look out for in the future. Uh, We'll see, time will only tell if Detective Pikachu is able to knock Avengers off its its perch at number one. And uh, we got a trailer for the Sonic movie this week, and oh my god, Kill it with fucking fire. Sonic looks atrocious. Like god-awful. Doesn't look like Sonic. It's got he's got weird human teeth. He's elongated in a weird shape. The only thing that is like the saving grace for this movie is Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik, and he he looks amazing. He he just chews the scenery and the and the lines. It it's perfect, if you ask me. And, and that's really one of the only things that I'm, I'm really excited about to see that movie is, is purely for Jim Carrey. But speaking of, of how atrocious Sonic looked, uh, a few days later, the director of the movie came out and said, Sonic will be changed in the final release of the film to the joy of fans everywhere. And and someone, I saw this on Kotaku but someone, like, did their own mock-up of Sonic to make it look more like the games. And, I, I like, Paramount needs to hire that guy to come in and, and fix Sonic for them. Because, Jesus Christ, give, give people nightmares if that comes out as, as the final Sonic. Not good. Not a good look at all. Not a good look. And, you know, I, I didn't mention it was Star Wars Day yesterday. And, and we lost a, a, a Star Wars great this past week. And, and that was Peter Mayhew. The star uh, of Star Wars, uh, he was Chewbacca in all of the films up until The Force Awakens. Granted, he, he didn't portray Chewbacca the whole time in Force Awakens, but for some part of it. And a lot of heartfelt messages came from fellow crew members in and Lucasfilm and George Lucas and things like this. And it's a shame when we lose someone like that. And I, I hope he's up there celebrating with Carrie and they're, they're having a, a ball of a time. He will be missed. He was someone I, I always saw it at the conventions when I would go. Didn't get a whole lot of love from fans, obviously, because a, a lot of people didn't recognize him outside of the costume. But uh, always willing to chit-chat with fans and things like this. He, he was just a a pure delight of a human being. Great, great person. Great person. Really nice. It's a it's a shame that he's gone. And hopefully uh, his memory will live on with the, the new actor who's taken over as Chewbacca and i know he'll he'll do him justice and unfortunately he wasn't the only hollywood great we lost we also lost jung singleton this week uh, he directed boys in the hood and and some other films uh, most notably though obviously boys in the hood uh, he did pass away this this week uh, young man only 51 and uh, it's unfortunate that we lost a great director like that because uh, he also directed you know too fast too furious Higher Learning, Four Brothers. I know a lot of people like that movie. American Crime Story, Empire. Uh, he created the FX series Snowfall. So it's uh it's unfortunate we lost someone like that. A a great director is gone and unfortunately we won't get any good, amazing material out of him any longer. So just keep keep those those people in, in your minds and check out some of their, their works to to keep their memory alive, essentially. But, that's it for movies. Uh, let's talk about... I uh, got some special edition loot crates and, and some other things this week. So we'll, we'll talk about that. And then we'll do some some like year-in-review stuff and then talk about Game of Thrones. So it was extra fitting this week that it was Star Wars Day. Because I got, actually got two uh, different boxes in the mail. One being the Star Wars special edition Endor crate from, from Loot Crate. And it was focused mostly on like Endor Special Forces uh, from the perspective of, of the fucking Rebel scum. Ah, uh, whatever, it's cool. Uh, but it came with some awesome gear. It came with a uh, like a camouflage poncho that has like Rebel Special Forces insignia on it and uh, some phrases written in Arabesh, which is the Star Wars alphabet. Uh, this really cool uh, hat that's got like this camo color and a different. I guess it's the spe- Rebel Special Forces logo. Uh, this really odd wallet that i uh, definitely not going to use because it's way too clunky. Uh, this really epic Special Forces like, lapel pin. Uh, and it looks like a patch that would be on a shoulder. Like a shoulder patch on like a uniform almost. It's really nice and thick and heavy. And then it comes with an uh, awesome like Star Wars Rebel Special Forces hoodie. So that was a special edition box. Uh, that finally arrived this month. It was a one-off. It's not like part of the normal subscription or anything. And then also fitting and an extra fitting actually. Uh, the Star Wars Smugglers Bounty box was actually Chewbacca Wookie themed uh, fitting, especially allowed me to pay tribute to to Peter Mayhew. Uh, came with this uh, Always Let the Wookie Win shirt with like Chewbacca at the at like the Dejarik like hologram game that they play in in A New Hope. It came with uh, Chewbacca in breather gear like from Empire Strikes Back when they're inside the the space slug. A little nice tarful or some kind of Wookiee in, in armor and weapon from Episode 3. Little tiny bobblehead. And then a nice little pint glass uh, that's dedicated to, to Chewbacca with like a pork. So that was really nice to get that for this week. I'm very excited though for next month's theme which is Darth Vader. Darth Vader happens to be my favorite character. So I'm excited to see what they do with that. Um, that was kind of it for those special loot boxes. I I just kind of want to talk about like the year in review, I guess you could say, before we do Game of Thrones. And I want to thank you guys for coming on this journey with me. It, it's been a it's been a fun ride so far. It 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 took me a lot to finally do this, and and when I did, I I knew it was something I was gonna have fun doing. And and here we are a year later. I'm still doing it. You know, I said back then, and I say now. It's not it's not to, to make it big or become famous or make money. It's, it's for me to just talk about things I'm passionate about and things I enjoy and, and sharing my opinion with, with people because there might be people out there that have similar opinions as me and, and I just want to give my unfiltered, un, un, unabashed view on things. I, I want to be straightforward, upfront, frank with, with everybody. I, I don't want to beat around the bush. I don't want to put on air... I just want to tell it how it is, to me at least. And I don't want to be tied down by certain things or or be afraid to, to voice my unpopular opinions, however they may be, however however you may disagree with them. I, I really don't care, honestly. Because you're entitled to that opinion, and we can have a difference of opinion. When it comes, though, to like arguing fact, that's a different story. But, you know... That that's that's what I'm here to talk about. I'm just here to just talk, and you guys listen. And I'm I'm and I'm thankful for that because you guys keep coming back every week. I get new people all the time, and and I'm thankful for that. You know, it, it's it's been a nice fun journey that that we've come on. In in Nixner News, it, it, I hope to expand in the future. You know, in the past we've had a couple guests on. We had a guest host one week. This in this new year for us, I, I hope to get more people on. You know, scheduling is is a big part of that, and making sure everyone's lines up is is the main reason we haven't had too many people on. But I'm I'm working on some things with some different people to to get them to come in, and we we're, we'll have a a nice frank discussion about different topics. I, I can't say that we'll have other guest hosts because. I, I don't see myself going anywhere in the foreseeable future to have to give up the show <laughs> for uh, for a week. But uh, definitely going to try and get more people on. I, I promise to do more on our website, nixnerdnews.com. I, I know I say a lot, and I never really end up doing anything, but it it's, it's a lot of work to go along with a lot of things that I, I have going on in my life that sometimes get in the way of of just having fun and writing something to, to put out there for you guys to read as well. I'm gonna try and get other people to to write some stuff and put on there as well if they ever have something they want to write about and can't necessarily devote time to, to put on to recording, but to maybe come on the show. And, you know, I wanna thank those people as well, the the people that have been supportive. You know, I used to say on a weekly basis, like fuck the haters, right? You do you, you do your own thing. And and that still rings true and and that's what motivates me more than anything but this this year 2 for us is 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 only on an upward trajectory and I'm I'm excited to see where it goes so thank you guys for listening thank you guys for sticking it around for a year uh, here's here's to another year ahead of us and and as always you know check out nixnerdnews.com you can find the link there to the show for iTunes, Google, and Spotify. Um, I'm hoping to get on on to iHeartRadio. I I that process is is more of an enigma to me than the Spotify process was last year. I'm also you guys can check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Nixner News. Uh, we're gonna start streaming hopefully this year, uh, just working on some things to get either game streaming set up or, or some kind of video element to the show. I, I know that's uh, uh, something that I don't want to put a date on because it, it's just the, the, the behind-the-scenes stuff that go into that is, is a lot more work than it is just to record something. So I, I don't want to put a date on it, but expect to hear from that sometime this year. Again, not going to promise anything, just saying that's something we're exploring. So keep your eyes out. Keep your ears out. Just uh, just look out for announcements. And share the show with your friends. Don't share it with your friends. That That's totally up to you. Uh, but definitely check us out. Hey, leave a comment. Subscribe. Like me. Share me. Whatever you guys want to do. Alright? Th- thanks again for listening to Nick's Nerd News. And, and it's been a fun ride. I can't see wait to see where the future goes. But with that being said, let's talk about... The Game of Thrones. The Long Night episode. And f- fuck man. What, wh- where's the show going? Because. Uh, let's just get out and say it. The Night King is dead. And this is only episode 3 of 6. So. Yeah. That was uh, kind of mind blowing. But. What I'm more shocked about. So the episode starts pretty much where episode 2 left off with the horn being blown and the white walkers coming up onto winterfell. So everyone's ready for battle, right? It's it's the sun's going down, it's nighttime. And suddenly the gates open up. It's Melisandra who I don't know where the hell she came from or how she even got around like the white walkers and shit. But she shows up, throws everyone into like a tizzy, tizzy Davos, Gendry, A lot of people hate her, and she shows up, but she helps inspire the Dothraki, I guess, because she lights their swords on fire, you know, with her Lord of Light magic, and that's how we kick off the Battle of Winterfell, essentially. Thousands of Dothraki, some other people, Jorah and Ghost, just go riding into the blackness, like the dark and go on to fight the the not the not the white walkers but the the whites the dead people and meanwhile while this is happening john and danny take off on the dragons to go up on a perch and assess the damage and you just see this wave of light just disappearing into the darkness and it's clear that pretty much all of the dothraki at least what looks like all of them are killed and then you see Jorah riding back towards Winterfell and the rest of the army. Nowhere, though, to be found is Ghost. And I, I I don't know what happened to Ghost, but that's the last you see of him for the whole hour and a half of what this episode was. So, yeah, I, I, Ghost has been a complete waste this season. So I, I, Ghost has been a major part of the show, at least in the beginning. And the last few seasons, I understand that it costs money to to render a large wolf in life like CGI. But it's a shame that that he's been essentially done dirty this these last couple weeks. Um, meanwhile, then the whites show up, like rush up to Winterfell, and this is where like I just lose track of everything. I, I don't know if, if Jamie dies, I don't know if Brienne dies, because it looks like she dies because she just gets like attacked by all these whites. Meanwhile, everywhere is just chaos because it's it's pitch black. You can barely see what's going on in the episode because of the the way it was rendered or something. Meanwhile, people are getting slashed left and right, and I, I don't know. Like I said, it, it's just pure chaos. But it's all like continuous. So then we cut. Um, to Samwell is out in the fighting for some reason. And this is where we have our first death. And this is where Ed, uh, John and, and Samwell's friend from the Night's Watch, meets his end. Pretty much being distracted by Sam and getting, like, just eaten alive. Well, well, there, there's the first one. Did not... Ex- I mean... I, I, I kinda expected him to die, but I kind of didn't at the same time. Um But meanwhile, this is all happening all at night. John and Danny uh meanwhile up up with John and Danny, Danny's watching like the Dothraki just get fucking decimated. And you can clear it does not sit with her well, and like she takes off, which throws everything in into problems because this is where I guess John and Danny were supposed to start strafe strafing like the Whites with the dragon fire and just burning them, and it ends up only being John because Danny's like off doing something I I don't know but she ruined the whole plan. Uh, John ends up igniting like the like the ditch that they dug the moat I should say that they dug around Winterfell as like uh hey they kind of need this to make sure that the uh, whites can't get into the castle. So, John does this. But as this is happening, uh, John actually sees all the White Walkers at the forest line. And if you remember last week, they did not show the Night King at all. So, like I talked about how maybe the Night King's not going to be at the Battle of Winterfell and things like this. Well, that wasn't true. Uh, as John starts to make a beeline for the tree line, <laughs> some some rhyming here. Uh this giant like wave of, of clouds just hits everything. And John gets blinded, Danny gets blinded by the by the snowstorm that rolls in. And that's when you see the fucking Night King cruising up on on Dead Viserion. And meanwhile, all in this chaos, there's more fighting going on. And you still can't tell if if any major characters are are being killed or not. And this is where... uh, So then John and Danny end up crashing into each other because they can't see a fucking thing. But the Whites end up causing everyone to fall back into Winterfell. uh, Save for a few characters as they, they bring everyone in. And... You see this weird shot. So John and Danny are flying around doing something, and the whites are just all standing around the flaming moat around Winterfell. And the Night King sees this and he does something. I I don't remember. But the some whites start walking into the fiery moat. And eventually they start like falling into it so they can create like a bridge of dead bodies for the other whites to get across the moat, and then they start like bum rushing Winterfell like fucking World War Z status. And this is when you start seeing uh more chaos. Because at this point the whites somehow get into Winterfell. And it, it, it's just swords being flung everywhere. Like I I don't I don't know again you can't tell a damn thing what's going on everyone gets overwhelmed uh, this is when you see like Arya start kicking ass though and you see other characters like Barric is is there kicking ass the Hound gets freaked out by fire because it's the Hound and he doesn't like fire John and Danny actually get in like this epic like dragon fight up in the sky with the Night King and they they kind of take out they kind of take out Viserion, or what what looks like it but at the same time Jon and Rhaegal like cr- crash to the ground but this is when things start to get interesting so the night king ends up crashing to the ground meanwhile Danny takes it upon herself to try and fucking burn him to death with Drogon the Night King throws a couple of his ice spears to t- try and take out Drogon, and Danny doesn't work. Then Danny just fucking. Oh, sorry. Before that, the Night King uses Viserion to blow a hole in the wall of Winterfell. So, like, whites are just getting everywhere. But then Danny comes in, blasts the shit with fire, knocks it all out, tries to burn the Night King. The dude comes out of this firebomb unscathed. And this is where John comes up to try and fight him. John, I don't know what happened here, but the they're, they're like in this stare down. And the Night King raises his arms like he does. And then pretty much all the dead warriors and all the whites that weren't officially dead rise up. So all the dead Dothraki, the dead Unsullied... The dead wildlings, dead northerners that, that had all died fighting, all rise to the dead and are just staring. And John's kind of allowed to walk through them. The Night King just starts walking towards Winterfell. And this is when uh Danny lands and she hops off the dragon to kind of find John. Jorah shows up, and at the same time as the Night King, like disappears into into Winterfell, which is Insane that that happened at all, but uh, he walks into Winterfell, and Drogon starts getting like, like mounted by like hundreds of whites and like flies off and shakes them off. Meanwhile, like Danny's kind of alone. Jorah shows up and starts just taking them all out, and unfortunately. Jorah does not make it. Jorah is overpowered and killed, and it was sad to see that happen, especially the same day as Avengers Endgame, because Jorah is one of my favorite characters, and he did not live through the Battle of Winterfell. Um, and unfortunately, that was the end of House Mormont as well, because just a few minutes later, uh, Lyanna Mormont, the the little girl who's just like a badass. Uh, is inside Winterfell. Winterfell gets overrun, and this is when the one one white, like the giant white, breaks through the gates, and is like just destroying the the people inside. And he like grabs Lyanna and just fucking knocks her aside. Um, and in her like last ditch effort, he grabs her and starts crushing her, but she fucking stabs him in the eye with dragon glass. He collapses. And unfortunately she dies in that instance as well. So that happened. Awesome scene. She went out like a boss. But unfortunately she didn't make it. And then we also see this awesome like typical horror zombie scene of Arya in the the library of Winterfell. And she's like sneaking around. Takes out this this white like expertly. It was a really awesome scene. She escapes, then she finds herself in the Great Hall with Melisandra and the Hound. Because the Hound kind of like half-rescued her. And Melisandra says to her, what do we say to the Lord of Death? And Arya says, not today, and disappears for like 15 minutes. Then we cut to, you know, all the people in the crypt... So Sansa, Danny, Tyrion, Sansa and Missandei had this weird like interaction in the beginning when they were down there. But this is also happening as the Night King was raising all the dead at Winterfell. Oh, lo and behold, he actually raises all the dead in the Winterfell crypts as well, causing pure chaos down in the crypts where all the women and children are. Tyrion and Sansa were supposed to have a like an action sequence, I guess, down there. That got cut. Instead, it just showed them like hiding b- behind a coffin. And I don't know how many people died down there. Because I don't know how many dead Starks are buried in the crypts. But they make it out. And then... Then we cut to... I guess Viserion didn't get killed by Drogon and Rhaegal. But... He lands in like the, like the open area of Winterfell, and John's trying to get to the Godswood because that's where Theon and Bran are, because he know that's where the, the Night King is going. John gets like stopped by Viserion, like he can't take him out for some reason. And essentially, what happens next is we see like the last stand of Theon and his men, and they're all fighting the Whites. Everything stops. Theon's the last man standing with, with Bran. And this is when the fucking White Walkers and the Night King walk in. Just like chilling. And Theon picks up a spear. And in a last ditch effort. And like Bran says something to him about like thank you. something I don't know. Something like that. And Theon takes the spear. Runs at the Night King. ...only to be stopped in his tracks and killed. So we lost Theon. Then we cut back to... ...the Hound, and... ...oh. Wait. Sorry, I didn't mention. Beric was involved in the Hound and Arya... ...getting to talk to the Red Woman... And this is where Barrack died. Dude got overpowered. Honestly, I thought like he got stuck in the hallway with like a bunch of whites because he was trying to stop him, and somehow he ended up in the room with them. I I don't know what happened, but Barrack died as well. I don't really care about Barrack. He's okay. The dude died like a hundred times and only came back like a hundred times. So, Red, uh, the Lord of Light Magic, whatever. But back back to the the Godswood where Bran is. The Night King walks up about to fucking stab Bran, and then out of nowhere, and I'm telling you, out of nowhere, Arya comes flying out of out of the darkness with her cat's paw dagger in hand. You know, it's Valerian Steel. Night King fucking grabs her by the throat, she drops the cat's paw dagger, catches it with her other hand, fucking guts the Night King. Yes, the Night King got killed. By Arya pulling some badass like assassin move, all the whites collapse. Viserion d- disintegrates into dust. White Walkers dead. Battle of Winterfell over. And pretty much everyone's still alive. The next morning, Davos goes to talk to the Red Woman. Doesn't get a chance as she takes off her necklace and starts to age and wither away and dies in the snow. So that whole episode took place over one night. Pretty much all the armies are decimated. And this is where the Battle of Winterfell ends with the Night King dead. And there's three more fucking episodes to go. I don't know what the hell's going to happen now. I'm really lost. I have no idea how things are going to go. But this is now who we've lost. Jorah is now dead. Liana Mormont is dead. Barrack is dead. Theon is dead. And that's pretty much it. Ghost is still MIA. Maybe he'll be in tonight's episode. Uh... John is alive, obviously. Sansa alive. Tyrion alive. Danny's alive. Brienne is alive. Jamie's alive. The Hound is alive, which means Cleganebowl is still on, <laughs> for now. And uh, Grey Worm and Missandei are alive. So a lot of people thought they were gonna bite the dust too. But honestly, I thought it was a fucking cool, despite the fact that you couldn't really tell what the hell was going on the whole time. I know I, I misremembered here a bit. It is a week after and I didn't really rewatch. But yeah, I don't fucking know what's going to happen next week with, uh, with what's supposed to be another hour and a half episode. But Battle of Winterfell, The Long Night was great. I'm still shocked the Night King's fucking dead. Did not see that coming. So my only question at this point, how are they going to take on Cersei? the Golden Company, and Euron's Fleet. I don't fucking know. But that's Nyxnard News. We'll talk about that next week. And uh, next week I'll have a... Hopefully I'll have a Detective Pikachu review. I'm going to try and see it this weekend, despite it being Mother's Day. And Rage 2 we'll talk about in two weeks, because that comes out after we record next week. But uh, thanks again for listening. Thank you guys for sticking around for a year. Thank you to all people that are new. Let's bring in some more people, and uh, I'll catch you guys on the flip side. Excited things are on the horizon for Next Nerd News, so have a good one.